Hello everybody and welcome to Let's Talk on Pirate Radio. I am Brian the Pirate and today we have a fantastic guest. We have Shanna Nina from Twitch. Shanna, how are you doing? Hello. I'm I'm super relaxed right now. Very chilled I with love, your cat. I love that we're not on camera right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope. It's yeah. nice to just be able to uh, to relax and just enjoy a good of good bit of nice conversation. Um, mm -hmm. So, for those who are not familiar with who you are, obviously I actually met you through Movember and then found out you were a Twitch streamer thereafter. But um, do you want to talk a bit about yourself, like who you are, what do you do? Uh, yeah, so I'm. my name is Shana and I'm from the Netherlands. I have been streaming full-time since 2013, um, which is like i've never done anything else for that long i feel like a grandma on twitch sometimes <laughs> but uh yeah and next to that i started working for the movember foundation last year uh heading up their streamer program and i did it again this year um and um next to that i what else do i do i work in a little bar cafe thingy because otherwise i don't leave my house at all anymore um i make music I make paintings. I just kind of do what I feel like. That's what of, I do. A lot of creative things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So obviously you, you mentioned you've been streaming since you were 13, was it? Since 2013. Oh, 2013. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, it might as well have been. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> a while ago. I, I assumed you were very young. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> no, what? I'm 26. Are you 26? Oh, you don't look a yeah. day over 30. Um, so, <laughs> um, what? <laughs> what were you doing before Twitch then? Uh, I was wondering the same thing, but uh, bef so before I started streaming, I was attempting to go to college, I okay. guess, or, or you call it uni. Right, yeah. Well, we have college um, as well in the UK, but then oh, it's uni thereafter. I don't know, just the thing after high school. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was studying uh, music therapy, and then I quit that because I found out I didn't want to be a therapist. I just kind of wanted to know what it, what, like how, how music therapy works neurologically right. speaking. Um, and then um, I did customer service for an internet provider for a year. And that was a very good motivation to start studying again, because that was awful. <laughs> Bless uh, <laughs> and then I started studying game design. And then uh, because of personal stuff i had to stop doing that and i got very depressed and then i started streaming right okay so is game design something you've considered maybe getting back into one day no that's fair play that's fair play so obviously... yeah no i just had to pick something and there's only so many things you can do and i wanted to stay in the same city right. um and i like video games but i don't have any talent for any kind of i mean I like the brainstorming part and thinking of things, but then mm. the actual execution of things is not my jam. Right, so that's fair play. I mean, I, I was in a similar situation when I was uh, in college. I was studying English language, English literature, uh, media studies, and computing. And the chap that was teaching us computing was the most monumentally dull man on the planet. And he <laughs> had these like profuse uh, shakes from drinking coffee all the time. He basically lived off coffee. And, uh, yeah, it, it just put me off from uh, computer because like, I'm a huge tech enthusiast. I love uh, technology in general. I have all the best tech when it comes to like computers and just general gadgets, things like that. But my 
uh, passion for what was going to be going into like development and coding and stuff was just murdered, just flat out stamped upon by this profoundly boring man. And uh, I ended up like quitting computing myself. So I, I kind of understand yeah. where you're coming from. Um, but it still interests you, right? I have the same thing with music therapy. Like I still really love reading about it and like watching videos about it and stuff like that. But it, it just didn't interest me while studying it. Yeah, I think like I by all means enjoy the creative process. Uh, there are parts in game development that I would like to be involved in. Um, so for example, I'd perhaps consider doing some voice acting at some point. More of just a like, oh, I did a thing, huh, look at me kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, go... not like a, we worked on this game with two people for five years. Kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. <laughs> but, um, for, for the most part, I, I prefer being on the outside looking in and just being like, oh, so this is how they did it. That's, this is how they got this functionality or mechanic into it and, and stuff like that and the, the creative process. But I, I wouldn't go into programming or trying to learn code again because I, mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so you, you've been streaming then on Twitch for, since 2013. Yes. And obviously a lot of that from what I've seen over the uh, the past year or so has been mostly music based. Did you start off as a music streamer then or? Uh, no, I started uh, because I found Twitch because I started um, playing a lot of Starcraft 2 when Wings of Liberty came out. Okay. And there's a streamer called Day9TV who I used to watch a lot and hmm. he um, kind of broke it down. He, he did some uh, some really funny videos on uh, on uh, Justin TV back then, yeah. and I found him, and then I I kept watching him, and then Justin TV turned into Twitch, and I kind of, um, like I said, I kind of like my whole foundation of what I thought was my life kind of crumbled. Can we swear on this podcast? Yes, by the way? I am Brian the Pirate. There's plenty All of right. swearing. Don't it worry. Fucking crumbled, <laughs> and uh, then I I was like, you know what? I'm I've been watching this this stream, and maybe I I was just trying to see if my internet was good enough i i remember i had five mbit upload speed uh which is barely enough but it was kind of enough so i started uh, out with doing league of legends streams okay um <clears throat> because back then people just had switched i had just switched from starcraft 2 to league of legends it was still season one of league of legends so it was still like super hype and new and everybody right. was playing it um so then i did 10 to 14 hours of League of Legends a day for about, I don't know, seven, eight months. And then I got partnered. Wow. That's, that's pretty damn impressive to be fair. I mean, you well, get... with a 240p webcam and like a headset with a mic. Like it was, I remember my first donation I got because I didn't have a donation button or anything at the start, but my viewers kept nagging me to make a donation button. Right. And I remember the first donation I got I bought a SteelSeries Siberia V2 headset. It was a white one with because it has it had blue lights coming out of it, and I thought right. it was like the coolest thing ever. But it was a really shitty microphone. They had really shitty mics in the SteelSeries. They, they, they did, to be fair. Yeah, and that was my stream setup. It was a 240p webcam, a SteelSeries Siberia, um, a mouse that cost me four euros. That was like one of those travel ones that like the tiny. The tiny, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The laptop, small laptop. Diddy one. <laughs> yeah, with like an elastic cord thing. That was my setup. And then, uh, yeah, in the meantime, I've uh, luckily gotten a new mouse. But mm. um, yeah, <laughs> I've switched games probably like 
six seven times now and now i'm just kind of variety but back then music wasn't really a thing um the t terms of service said that your channel had to be 90 percent gaming content even being on full screen webcam for too long could get you reported really um, wow yeah so that's why i still now because i've been kind of raised with that with that um that now if i'm on full screen webcam after 10 or 15 minutes i just get this kind of feeling like oh i should probably kind of start doing something because i've been on webcam for like 10 minutes now yeah it's become um, habitual as it were yeah so for me it's kind of like super uncomfortable i feel like i should be doing something by now um like the first 10 minutes i can be on full screen webcam and then i'm like i should be getting into the game by now while right. sometimes people sit there on full screen webcam for six hours and talk to their chat and they have lots of interaction and lots of viewers and i'm just i'm just not raised that way as a streamer i guess it makes me uncomfortable well, i can understand that obviously if you've been doing something for literally years and then suddenly it's like oh by the way it's all changed you're like what stop that <laughs> you can't yeah, make I'm too, things I'm, change i'm too autistic for this <laughs> but uh, i just want to keep doing things the way i've been doing them <laughs> yeah i definitely know what you mean about this siberia as well because i had the the uh, diablo 3 one when uh, Diablo mm -hmm. 3 first came out and I got the Steel Series mouse and the headset and it was a really comfy headset. I loved the whole... Oh yeah, the um, headband was really good. Yeah, the way it just suspended. Um, but yeah, the, mi the microphone was horrible. Like Steel Series, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry, but back then your mics <laughs> were garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the rest of the, the headset was fantastic. I'm actually wearing a, a Steel Series one now. Um, and I, I'm quite new to, I say quite new, like I've been on Twitch for about four years now. Um, only been streaming for about two and a half of those but uh, at least like professionally for lack of a better phrase but yeah ev everything before then when like twitch was still a bit of a, a wild west as it were you know the, the rules were completely different like a lot of people i, I hear very mixed things when it comes to uh, attaining partnership back then like for some it they say it's easier than it is now a lot say it's harder and um, what would you say like at the time We'll see that now I mean, there's the whole 75 depends. concurrence thing. Mm, I don't know. It depends whose dick you have to suck for. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, back then, the, the, um, how do you say that? The bureaucratic way of getting partnered mm. was harder than it is now. Right. Um, because you had to have 500 concurrence. Okay. Um, but also if you knew the right people, it was easier. And now you can know the right people and they still can't help you because it's just such a big thing now um, that they, they just can't do it anymore. But back then people were like, oh, you know, I know this guy. He's totally cool. Give him a partnership. But back then a partnership was quality options. It wasn't even a sub button. That was separate. Right. So um, so you could, you could get partnered and not get a sub button. You could? Wow. It's always... Yeah. So it's like, what's the point at, <laughs> back then in some it's ways? quality then. options, because quality options were not a thing if you hmm. weren't partnered. So like transcoding and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. When, they just they, didn't have the bandwidth to do it for everyone. That, transcoding does make a huge difference. And very few people actually realize that as well, like how many mm -hmm. viewers they could potentially uh, lose by having like a 6K bits, uh, bit rate stream and then all the viewers in say half of america because obviously their internet infrastructure is pretty poor and the vast majority of like eastern europe were like oh i can't support this because it literally is turning my pc into a piece of 
like melted metal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but now it switches automatically i think if you ha if you have over a certain amount of viewers it kind of reloads and then you have quality options right um a lot of the time uh like obviously i'm an affiliate so a lot of the time when i go live it's it's just there the only times when it's not is if it's a, a peak time like i tend to start my streams at off peak times anyway and then roll into the peak times but uh, oh. in those instances, it's literally a case of you go live, are they there? No, you go off, you go live immediately for like one second. And it's like, oh, they're there. Huzzah kind of thing. Like, oh, more, okay. more often than not, I've only had to restart a stream like twice to get the transcoding up. Okay. Because it used to be, I think for, if you weren't partnered, it would, it now switches automatically. I don't know. I don't know the affiliate. I, I honestly haven't really read into much of anything for the last like two years of twitch because there's so much changing and so many things and i just want to play video games on the internet and that's, that's all fair. i want to do that's fair yeah. so when did the music aspect of it come into uh, into play fairly quickly because i used to have um i remember oh, what was it groove shark i think i remember was groove shark yeah, I used to have my Groove Shark playlist, and it, it was in my chat. I had a uh, well, not in my chat because Nightbot wasn't really a thing back then either. Right. But I had it under like my description. Um, I had my Groove Shark list, and I used to have that because I, when you play League of Legends, you just can't pay attention or talk all the time. Mm. Um, so I had my, I always had that playlist on, and I was always singing along. Right. And people were people were like, Oh, you can you have a nice voice, like you should sing more and um then I was like, But I can't because I'm streaming League of Legends and you know, I have to produce ninety percent gaming content. Hmm. So what I used to do was when I was queuing for games, I used to sing a few songs. Okay. Um, and I've put my Siberia headset on my desk with my mic facing me and then grab my guitar and that would be my <laughs> it was, it's really sh shitty audio, but it worked. Um, I mean, and then eventually Twitch, it did. Yeah. People started donating for songs and like subbing and all of that. Um, and then Twitch made a, a long while down the road. Cause I'm talking like 2014, January, mm. February, 2014, when I started doing this, um, uh, which I started streaming in November, 2013. Um, so a long while down the road, Twitch made, um, creative. At first, they made not playing, like in the directory. Right. I used to sing on League of Legends, and then I got a lot of hate from people in chat being like, this is not League of Legends, you're the attention whore, blah, blah, blah. Wow. So I put it, I always put it to not playing when I when I was playing music, okay. which means you don't show up anywhere. Um, so only the people then, that have already found this stream. Yeah, right. or that follow you, yeah. Um, and then I would flip it back to League of Legends when my game popped, you know. Mm. Um, and then Twitch made creative, then we started doing it on creative. Um, and then we started doing it on, there was a music, there was a Twitch music section, but there, it was only monster cat. I remember it was only monster cat and we were on there and we didn't get much traffic from there. So we've always kind of been this gray area, I think, because right. Twitch, um, if Twitch wants to promote us the way they promoted other creative streams uh, because they did the whole Bob Ross thing and you know hmm. they did they did push the creative artsy side of Twitch a lot 
Um, but I think the reason they can't do that with us is because it's such a gray area copyright wise. Like oh, if yeah, I sing sure. a cover and I put it on YouTube, I get a lot of, um, like I can't monetize covers on YouTube. Right. Uh, stuff like that. So I feel like if they if they were to promote us big time, they would also run into a lot of um, DMCA problems and stuff like that. So I, I kind of almost wish they don't, they're not going to promote it because it would give us a lot of issues with yeah. copyright. Even Which, if you do all the audio yourself and you don't use any samples or you don't, you know, use a backing track or anything, it's still, if I upload a cover of me doing anything that somebody else has made on YouTube, I get demonetized. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost certainly to do with the fact that obviously you, you, you cannot breach copyright with record labels because they will go ham <laughs> kind of thing. It, yeah. it honestly yeah. surprises me that they haven't gone for Twitch yet already because they must know. Like maybe in the early years, you could assume some naivety of what Twitch is and that people are using like thousands of songs in the background of their gameplay. But surely by now, like there's, they literally got a record label involved for Twitch things. Like they must know that a lot of their copyrighted yeah. material is on there. But, yeah, but even singing covers is a little bit of a gray area. Like not just playing Spotify or something, but but I do that too. But yeah, you know, I just but, kind of I feel it, like they can't go after everyone, and if they are going after anyone, it's going to be the big fish. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. They'll be like, oh, so is this person a partner? Yes. Oh, they, they're getting lots of people in front of them. Yes. Okay, they're also going to get a lawyer <laughs> then because they're about to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously that leads on to Twitch Sing. So you were a finalist of Twitch Sing's 2019. How mm -hmm. was that? Because that, that's... I, I, was, I was actually talking to <laughs> was a colleague terrifying. about it. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, it's no problem. I was, I was just uh, <laughs> I was talking to a colleague about it before and... Um, leaving from work, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to record a, a podcast with my friend Shanna. She was on, on this thing called Twitch Sings and they, they have no idea like what Twitch Sings is. They, they're familiar with Twitch, but otherwise that was it. I was like, yeah, yeah. so like these were the, uh, the criteria. They almost won like 20K and stuff like that. And they're like, whoa, that's huge. And it is huge. Like that was, I, I thought you were the sweetest thing when you got on stage and you were just like, hi, I've sang, can I go now? <laughs> kind of thing. I just thought it was really, really sweet. But that, that, was, yeah. that must have been really huge uh, for you, like getting on stage and doing that. Yeah, because I've never, I, I don't have any experience performing other than online uh, with the reason that I have in, like insane stage fright. I, and it's not even that I don't think I can sing because I know I can sing. Mm. It's just that when I get up on a stage, my body just quits whatever it naturally does. I don't know. My my limbs start shaking. Like, it, I just want to go to the toilet and stay there for the rest of the night. I just, it's just very bizarre. It's this fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, a fear of failure or anything. It's not a, a, a rational thing at all. Um, it's a pure physical kind of kind of anxiety that I get when I'm on a stage, which is why lately I've been trying to do it more uh, because I feel like if I do it more often, it's going to be less scary. And so um, something you perhaps yeah. get used to. Yeah. So I've been, I actually am singing in Amsterdam tomorrow at a, at a bar, um, which is a big deal for me because it's, it terrifies me, which is why I feel like I should do it. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like if, if stuff doesn't scare you, it's probably not, gonna make you a better person i can get that it's always that cool makes to, sense. it does no yeah it does because like 
it's always cool to push yourself beyond your limits as it were as cliche as that may sound but if, yeah yeah if, if you always limit yourself then you, there is no more room to grow whereas if you go right well let's let's see if we can do this thing that i haven't been able to do before and then yeah, achieve so it. but getting up on stage at the sings thing was a bit of a different story because the bar i'm playing at is like 30 people and it's you know cozy and people are chilling and talking to each other and sitting down and having drinks here it was just this massive stage that's bigger than my house <laughs> yeah. literally it was huge it's huge and you're there and there's no band there's just a backing track and you're standing there and you have to kind of fill that whole stage with just you you know i and, was quite surprised uh, by how much stage there was but i was both impressed but also like that's a lot for one person to fill kind of thing yeah, especially people that don't have any performance kind of like a lot of us, probably most of us don't have most of us finalists. I mean, mm. uh, di didn't have any uh, stage experience other than Mermaid. Yeah, um, there's there's not really any of us that are really gigging or anything. We are just doing it online uh, because it's more it's more our comfort zone, you know, of course. Um, yeah. So it was very uncomfortable for me. I didn't watch it back at all because it, it just, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that back. I get very uncomfortable watching myself back. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I know that I could have done better, that I do better when I'm live on my own channel. I sing better normally than mm. I did that day, but I didn't die. So I guess I won that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Like I, my legs were shaking and I, I didn't come off as nervous as I felt, which is good. And I really did beat my own mind that day, which, which was really nice. And I felt like I achieved something, even though I didn't win. I, I felt like I did win for me in a way, because I, like a year ago, I would have never gotten up on that stage. Yeah. Like. When you look, yes, albeit you didn't get like this, this, this grand prize, but the fact is you made it there in the first place against literally there's what, so thousands many thousands of people. Of people. Yeah. yeah, there's thousands of people, and then you have to get voted through by your audience. I was in a bracket with Mike the Bard and Megan Lenius, who are both people that I admire as as a musician, and, and I've known Mike for six years. Like mm. it was, I was, I was not expecting to get through that in the first place i was like you know mike and megan they're both these people i look up to and you know i just think they're better than me <laughs> so i was like you know they're probably gonna get voted through and and then i got voted through to the finals and um it was very hectic because i was also running a booth for november yeah um which meant i was on the floor in air conditioning for 11 to 14 hours a day and i lose my voice because we don't have air conditioning in holland yeah anywhere so we just have difference in shitty climate. weather yeah it's just very dry air i bought a humidifier i couldn't go to any of the parties at twitchcon i couldn't really um i feel like because they did the finals on the on the last night on the last day i couldn't really enjoy much of the other days before that because i wanted to be a responsible adult and i wanted to you know preserve my voice and of not course. shout over loud music so i didn't go to any parties um so that was a bit of a bummer but i can't really complain you know oh i couldn't go to this party because i had to sing for 20k <laughs> <laughs> oh woe is me <laughs> yeah i can't really complain like oh they flew me out here and now i can't go to the party you know 
it sounds silly, but um, I did wish they did it on day one. So then the tension of that would have been gone and we could have actually let loose a little bit yeah. after that. Well, you, you've, because you do worry about it the, the entire time. You, you've got the like FOMO as aspect of it, the, the whole fear of missing out. Oh, I'm being good. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going out and partying or whatever. So yeah, you, you, mm -hmm. you can completely appreciate it. And then of course you've got almost the, the paranoia pretty much of, but I could lose my voice. This could go wrong. So I might fall I over, did. you know, I, things. Yeah, I did lose my voice uh, that morning. I couldn't talk. That's why I did the nose flute solo because I couldn't hit those notes anymore. That was fantastic, by the way, <laughs> when you were just like, <laughs> do you want to hear the nose flute? And I'm just like, yes, we want to hear the nose flute. That, that think, really tickled me. I, I think people remember that the most, but I also think that I kind of ruined it for myself with that because I don't need any gimmicks. And I felt like I did. Or something. I don't know how He's... I feel, but I, you know, I have on my Tinder profile now that I played my nose flute in front of thirty thousand people. So. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fantastic. I mean, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. You definitely didn't need any gimmicks, but at the same time, it was something that showed character, like that you can have a laugh. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to sing and then do some crazy high note. Or I'm going to do this. Um, it, it was just something that showed more of you know, Shanna be behind the microphone, as it were, rather than just. Here's a song. Yeah. Thanks for the thanks for listening. Bye bye, kind of thing. You, 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 oh, yeah. It was part of the performance, and I, I really appreciate that. And it, like I said, it, it did really make tickled it into me. like one of the after movies on that Twitch yeah. that I posted on Twitter. Um, so that was really cool. Are you ready for the nose flute solo? Yeah, that, but, I, yeah. I was impressed. To be fair, I, I was impressed that you dared to do it. In fact, so you know, kudos. It was terrifying. I was so terrified. I cried. I I walked off stage and started crying from just release of all of that tension and like mm. I, I just emily was waiting for me because emily and i uh, became really close over that weekend and um she was waiting backstage like in the side how do you say that the curtains yeah um and i walked off and sh and i fell into her arms basically and just started sobbing because it was just so much i was so terrified um and it was so such a relief that it was done like a release and a relief i guess yeah. Um, and I was really relieved and really proud that I did that. Um, yeah, it was very close as well. Um, yeah, the the first and second place were only. Uh, I I don't know if I can disclose that, but they were very very close. Yeah. To be fair, like everyone put on a phenomenal performance, and uh, I I brought oh, yeah. some friends with me. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go um, watch Anna, and they're like, oh, what 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 are you gonna watch? And I was like, oh, Twitch things. And they're like, oh, okay. We're not doing anything. Let's come with. And then afterwards, they were like, "Holy shit! I'm so happy you brought us with you," kind of thing. And I didn't know what to expect of like all the singers, and I was genuinely floored by everyone's performance. Like every yeah. single time, and I was people just made like, wow. brave choices because I feel like my choice of song was very safe because I was like, I already have stage fright. I'm not gonna do any crazy high notes. I'm just gonna pick a song that's in my range mm. like i just get get through it alive you know but um like one of the guys picked chandelier and people were really going all out and it's it's so ballsy i, I really admire that i mean it's it's always cool to like okay like, you know he who dares wins as it were but at mm -hmm. the same time it's also sensible to play it safe and sh you know um project the best version of you as it were so it, yeah, but I, I did my best. I did my best song in the audition, and then I couldn't do it again on stage. So that was very dumb of me, basically. Um, 
but of course you're going to pick your best song as, as an audition because you have to make it through thousands of people yeah um but then on the stage i picked a song that i'd never really sang before and because you know i sing a lot of jazz and and twitch things doesn't have a lot of options with jazz um and a lot of them had long instrumental breaks and then i was like well i'm gonna be standing there on the stage for 64 measures mm. just kind of you know twiddling my thumbs so i had to pick something that didn't have any solos in it or anything and it, it kind of limited my choice as well um right. which i i limited my own choice basically but i just feel like my voice is best for kind of jazzy songs um but i also am not the kind of singer that does all these crazy vocal gymnastics and runs and ad lips i just kind of i listen to a lot of classic like ella fitzgerald and etta james and I, I listen to a lot of these classic voices that don't need that kind of um decoration if that makes sense it doesn't right. need they don't need to sell their voices it's just it comes from the soul and it and you can tell and that's the kind of music i listen to and the kind of singer i want to be as well and that sounds really really cool i mean to be fair very un-american <laughs> that and that's another thing as well with obviously a vast majority even now of twitch's audience being like north american essentially mm -hmm. did that have an influence on like what you sang or what you sing even on stream no i do feel like um american audience especially people that don't make any music themselves mm. uh want to be impressed by somebody's voice in a way that's different from europe right i feel like people want to want to be impressed with loud high notes and runs and and like all these crazy things um and i feel like in europe people want to feel things when they listen if that makes sense yeah. like, i don't know how to explain this without sounding snobby or without um <clears throat> stereotyping a lot because of course i'm stereotyping a lot right now but um, I feel like it's more in the American culture to want to be more entertained and impressed and everything has to be big and grand. And I feel here people appreciate people staying true to themselves a lot more. I don't think that makes sense. I, I wouldn't say it was stereotyping. It's just being observant. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things in, in the States in comparison to Europe. It's very, very showcasey. It's very showy. Whereas a lot of things... Most things, there are exceptions, of course, but a lot of things in Europe, it's, it tends to be very placid and it tends to be, as you say, it's just people doing things more from the heart and less of a performance, I, I, would, yeah. I would say. So no, I, Yeah, I just like stay true to who you are. Just show us who you, who you are. Mm. And that, I feel like that gets appreciated a lot more here. Um, also because there I feel a lot of the, it has to do with money and business and entertainment industry is a lot mm. bigger there and the glitz and um, the glamour yeah i feel like they they really like that all, all of that and i feel like especially here in holland like we're the most down-to-earth people mm. probably in europe <laughs> so we're just kind of like we have a saying that's like um which means um just act normal that's crazy enough right i actually got, like everybody cool. just i like that yeah, Might like everybody <laughs> just, just, yeah, just act normal. Just, just be yourself. Just don't, don't, you know, blow your personality up to an extent that everybody can see as fake. Hmm. 
and even as content creators, I think it's there's a fine line between putting on a little bit of a performance, maybe adapting aspects of your character to make them maybe a bit more louder or a bit more excitable or enthused. Yeah, but, but everybody does that. But it's, I, I, I personally prefer to be as genuine as possible and uh, as sincere as possible. Um, but at the same Me time, too. I have a lot of admiration for friends who are like character streamers and stuff like that. But there are occasions where you, you'll see someone stream or uh, just a content creator on YouTube, for example, things like that. And you, you do see the character and he's like, that's a bit fake kind of thing. Like they're trying to add, that's very disingenuous. And th yeah, there is... and I, I don't like that, but there's people that like that, you know, mm. like Dr. Disrespect didn't get big for no reason. Oh yeah. But again, he's more of a, like a proper character streamer as opposed to someone yeah, who's just like, exactly. I love but everybody I like kind of thing. Um, with regards to, to Twitch Sings, are you going to be doing it again next year, 2020? I don't think so. Why not? First of all, <laughs> I want Emily to win. Okay. Um, and I think she's going to apply again. Not not that I'm like, oh, if she applies, then I can't win anymore. Because, right. you know, I just really want her. I just really want to be able to cheer for her without any self-interest, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. I really want her to win. She's probably... I don't want to be like a dick or anything. I was really cheering for her last time too. Right. I, she, she deserves a win in general. Mm. And, um, she's just, she's not just a nice person. She also is talented as fuck. And I don't, I don't like using talented because I feel like it kind of sounds demeaning, um, because it's not talent, it's hard work and a mm. lot of practice. Yeah. Um, but she's she's in, an incredible singer, and I really want her to win. And also, uh, from what I said last, like uh, about all the parties and not being able to really enjoy the event because I was, you know, I was anxious and I was nervous for for the last day, and I wanted to preserve my voice. This this TwitchCon in Amsterdam is going to be my city. Yeah, I want to party till 5 a.m. every night. Like, I want to show people around. I want to shout. I want to smoke. I want to, you know, there's so many things. I just want to really enjoy um, TwitchCon coming to a town like 30 minutes away from me. Right. Um, so for, in Amsterdam, I'm not going to do it. And then in uh, the next San Diego one, I have the same problem with air conditioning and losing my voice and it being America. Um so I don't know. And also, I don't think it's my thing. Honestly, like, uh, it's it's a really cool price. And it was really cool to do it. I, I really appreciated the experience. And it was amazing. But it wasn't my comfort zone. It's right. not the kind of musician that I kind of want to be. Um, <clears throat> like, I don't want a, a big stage with 30,000 people by myself with a backing track. I want jam sessions and interaction and a band and like hanging out by a piano and just, just slamming some keys you know i just yeah, something a bit <laughs> i more really intimate. something a bit more intimate and something a bit more where i can show more of my personality uh which i feel like these kind of talent shows aren't the right place for right um so i honestly don't know if i'm gonna do it again the only reason i would try and do it is is the money mm. but then how much is that worth I, I mean, literally 20k, but yeah. you know what I mean. Then you, you've got the the record label as well, and then you <clears> obviously have 
um, I've forgotten the word, but you, obligations. Single. You'd have obligations yeah. as well too. Ob yeah, but it, that terrifies me too. I'm just not ready. I'm just, I don't even know what kind of musician I want to be. I don't know what kind of music I want to make. What like, kind of music? I'm just not ready. So, what, what kind of music are you going to be doing at this, uh, at this bar that, that you're going to be performing at tomorrow? Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of covers that I also do on stream with my loop station. Okay. Uh, but I, I was more speaking in a way that the stuff I write, mm. um, I honestly don't really know what I want my musical identity to be like. And I think that's very important to think about. Do you um, write a lot of your own music? Yeah. Well, lately I have been writing a lot more mm. uh, because I've been going through a bunch of things and I just went through a breakup and we, I had to move house and like, it, it was just a big thing. And it really triggered a lot of, um, introspection for me. Right. So I've been writing a lot more recently. Um, but honestly, because I listen to so many different things, I listen to jazz, but I also listen to metal and I listen to trip hop and I listen, like I listen to all these different things and I have no idea what I, what I want, like what I want right. to make. Is it, is it um, almost a case of too much choice or? Yeah. And then at the same time, I want to do something completely new, right? kind of like Billie Eilish did, like her, her whole genre didn't, it doesn't really fit into any one category. Right. Uh, so I need to kind of explore myself as a musician a lot more before I can kind of get into a competition where you can win a record label uh, or you can win a you know a record deal for recording a single right with columbia records then you need to know what you want to make first I of feel course like. yeah because you, you'd get them but okay so what we're going to do and you're like i don't know <laughs> yeah like do you have any you songs i'm like uh <laughs> i have this one it's acoustic guitar good luck marketing yeah like <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm kind of still i'm just kind of starting to really put my mind to making more music okay. and uh I'm, I'm just i'm a little bit late to the party because i've been making music since i was like nine mm. but i just didn't have the confidence or the drive and i do now do you, so i'm kind of just starting now would you consider literally starting a band then and be like yo i, I need i need a band mm. to, to sing with so i'd love to have you know what? I, I I keep saying like my next boyfriend's going to be a singer or a guitar player or both right. because I really want to be that couple that like sings together and it's so romantic and you probably it doesn't doesn't work out that way probably but I mean you know you never know unless you try I suppose <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I really I don't want like a big band I just want um cool harmonies and and just like heartfelt music and um yeah, I've been, I've been actually, I was in a studio a few weeks ago with um, Ruben de Ronde, which is a Dutch uh, DJ who works with um, Armada Records, okay. which is um, Armin van Buren. Um, and um, he, he is, he's pretty famous and he, he streams on Twitch and he saw my stream like two or three years ago. Right. And we always had this like, oh, we should do something together sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you never do. Um, but he actually texted me like, Hey, I'm going to studio tomorrow. You want to come? So we're working on that right now. We're going back into the studio probably in January and that's EDM. That's like trance, right? Okay. which is a completely new experience for me, but I have no experience whatsoever working with any kind of digital 
music software because mm. um, I always just record the actual instruments into a microphone and right. that's it. You know? And it's really cool because he has a lot of experience using Ableton and producing. So then I can tell him because I, I studied classical music for 14 years. I have a lot of music theory in my head. Right. And I can tell him like, oh, what about if we do this and this? But then I can't translate that into the software, but he can. So right. I'm kind of like, like kind of spamming all of these thoughts at him. And he just kind of clicks into the thing and he just kind of does it in the computer. And then it's this collaborative kind of thing where he is able to express what I'm trying to convey um, with the software which is really cool. So that, that was a really nice experience and I can't wait for, to go again because it was very organic. Right. Um, and it, it, from, from the get go, it was just like really, we were in the same flow, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, it sounds like it would be a very cool collaboration, especially when you get two things that can contrast so much as well. So I'm yeah, it's cool. my jazzy note voice and then his EDM trans background and it really works. Yeah, look at look forward to hopefully hearing something maybe one day. Yeah, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. Just record it like, on the slides. Like, okay, let's put yeah. this out into the world. But Yeah, because I'm terrified. I'm like, what if I post on my Instagram story a part of this song that we're making and hmm. then somebody else makes it? I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> I thought yeah. of it first. I don't know how that works. Like, I'm just going to leave all of the production side and all of the that side to him because mm. he's already signed with that label. Um, I, so, I, can, yeah. I can very much appreciate the like the technicality behind it. Like, very recently, I've, uh, I say very recently, it was literally a week ago, I downloaded um, Acid Music Studio. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, like going back to the whole copyright thing, like I don't want to get DMCA'd, I don't want to um, have my VODs muted, etc. So I have gone about remixing a intro track and I've got it to 13 minutes so far. Um, How long did that take you? Um, it's, I've spent about six hours on it um, yeah. so far. <laughs> and it's, it's, I have a, a, a one minute track. It took me four hours. <laughs> a lot of it is with the fact that I'd never used the program before. So no, I, me neither. I, I, I had to look up a stream. tutorial. For every single button, I looked up a tutorial. That's why it took me four hours. Well, I, I but, went very yeah. stereotypical bloke about it, and I've yet to look at a tutorial. I just opened up the program, and I was like, okay, this looks like I put sound here. Let's start with that. And then I just started uploading tracks. And to be fair, it, it's, it becomes quite intuitive once you work out how something is like spliced together and what all the effects and stuff do. You're like, oh... So that's mm -hmm. how I turn a piano into an electric guitar. Fantastic. <laughs> I could do that again yeah. next time. Yeah. But, uh, the, the yeah whole... I, I downloaded, I went straight into Ableton, which is one of the most complicated DAWs. Mm. <laughs> so I kind of made it very hard for myself either. Uh, or uh, I'm just bad at it, but you know. We'll, we'll say it's difficult. It's a learning process. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it is, is very difficult. It is a huge learning curve. It's like a cockpit when you're sitting there and there's all these buttons and you're like, uh, how do I not crash this plane? So like, let's press the big red one and that actually just yeah, records for once. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> blow anything up. It literally just records. You're like, oh, okay. Who knew? All right. This but works. Obviously, the way I discovered you was through Movember and you were like, oh, have you heard of Movember? What, what brought that about? How did you go from Twitch and having this fabulous singing voice and then suddenly like, hi, charity. Um, 
Well, I um, I really enjoyed doing charity streams. Mm. Um, and I um, back then I had a lot more viewers than I have now. Um, but back then my music streams had like four or five hundred viewers, right. and I used to do like two or three charity streams a year, um, which now I can't do anymore because I literally need all the income I can get from Twitch to kind of survive. Right. And with a charity stream, you kind of, you know, people that donate that day are not going to donate again the the next day to you if that makes because. sense. Um, so it's a very kind of double-sided thing. But anyway, um, I used to do a lot of charity streams and um, I was looking for a charity that did something with uh, mental health and specifically suicide prevention. Right. And I was looking online um, and I found the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, but I'm not American. And right. so it it felt not that, you know, people are people. I don't want Americans to kill themselves, but you know what I mean? Like I wanted to do something more global or at least more um, around me. Mm. Um, And then I couldn't find anything. And then somebody suggested Movember and that um, had just, they had just added mental health to their campaign a few years before, because before that it was just prostate cancer and testicular cancer. Yeah. Um, And and they added mental health um, as a big push kind of thing. And so I did a Movember stream. I did. I baked uh, cupcakes in my kitchen with two of my friends, and we put little mustaches on them, and it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And like in in four hours, we raised a thousand pounds. And then um, I realized it was it was all very kind of messy. Mm. Um, like um, they had promised me front page and then forgot to request it, um, and they um i didn't really know how to set up tiltify i kind of had to figure that out myself right um i didn't really know where the money went or whatever and i didn't really hear from them and then like five or six months later i got a thank you and i was like hmm they should really tap into this more because twitch is so good for charities and you can see with saint jude's and um like all of that that there's millions and millions of dollars being raised on twitch and you should really tap into this um, mm. because, you know, so I emailed them that I was like, Hey, I realized um, there were some improvements you could make and um, you should really tap into Twitch more because I feel like you could raise a lot of money there. Right. And I feel like this is a cause that fits the gamer scene very well because it's, you know, it's mostly men. Of course. Um, and, I mean, it's, it, they say 50% of gamers are, are women, but um I feel like the audience is very men dominated. Oh, for sure. Like we, we it's have like it's a, stats. It's a men's that, world. Yeah. We have literal stats that confirm that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like Movember fits that very well because it's also a young charity. It's also something that doesn't have gray men in suits representing them. It's just like yeah. a very kind of lads kind of bloke, blokey kind of thing. Right. Um, so I was like, this could really work. And I emailed them. I was like, Hey, I've been streaming on Twitch for, uh, five years and I um, I have knowledge about what streamers want from charities. I know who to reach out to. I have a network. I can help you. Mm. And um, then I, I, I was hired. Um, I mean, I, I got an interview. So I flew to London for a job interview and I had a whole, I remember I had a whole printed out 
folder with my business plan for that year. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to reach out to. We're going to reach out to stream teams because then you only have to talk to one person to get to 20. Like yeah. <laughs> I had this whole thing thought out and they were really impressed. And um, then I was hired. And then the first year I worked there, um, the income they got from Twitch quadrupled. Uh, and then I was hired again this year. Which is, you know, pretty dope, to be fair. <laughs> when, yeah, when so I kind of blagged it. my way in, and then I followed up by actually delivering what I said I was going to do. Well, the thing is, you, you say you blagged your way in, but from what you described there, you, you went in swinging, if anything, because a lot of people go, okay, yeah. I've got an interview, and then they'll go to the interview, and they'll talk, and they'll be like, hi, I'm a person. No, 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 I, I, like, like oh. this job didn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. Like I just kind of was like, Hey, you need somebody to do this for you. I want to be that person. And I kind of created that position for myself, if that makes sense. Which is incredibly impressive. Because obviously like like you say that <laughs> well, there's it sounds there's no... a lot more impressive than it feels. I'm just kinda of like, I just want to do something for charity. <laughs> well, let's think of it this way. I I have always known what Movember is because I'm in the UK and they were pretty dominant here for quite a while. Um I Movember, uh, not streams, but raise money for Movember before I even discovered Twitch. But when you look at it globally, especially in the States, I would say, uh, or at least North America, in the last year and a half, people have gone from what's a Movember to, oh yeah, Movember, that charity. Like it, You've clearly been doing something right for so many people to be aware of what Movember is now. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And obviously... As you mentioned, it's the, quadrupled, so yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, so well, I don't you. know what we did this year. The results aren't, I don't have them yet, but mm. I've, because of, because of my move and like the whole breakup thing, I feel like this year I couldn't really give it 100% of my energy. Mm. Um, and luckily I had help from an intern who they uh, got in for, for the crazy months. So yeah. like the month before November and November itself. Yeah. Um, so that really saved my ass because I, I was packing. I was very stressed out. I've, I've been very um, tired emotionally. Like I've been very depressed lately. Right. So I really feel like I couldn't, I couldn't really deliver. I feel like we raced less than last year, but I'm not sure. Um, but I, I just feel like I could have done more this year. And I really hope that they have, they understand that my personal situation just didn't allow me to, um, do as well as i could do if that makes sense yeah um but I, d I didn't really i haven't talked to them yet but yeah i uh you know it's a mental health <laughs> charity as well so they should they should really understand but it's also there you know i'm being paid to do a job and i didn't really i don't feel like i delivered as much as i could have and um yeah so i'm, I'm mostly kind of I mostly kind of disappointed in myself for this year's campaign, but right. I, I don't know the outcome yet. It's it's curious that you say that because from like like I was saying, from what I've seen, a lot more people seem to be aware of what Movember is now. So I, I if anything, I, I was expecting it to be more from just all the the streamers that I I know have been like, oh yeah, Movember, I'm going to raise money for Movember. Um, whereas like well, a lot of people actually year, said they were going to and then didn't do a stream. Really? Yeah, a lot of people confirmed with me and then ended up forgetting or not having time. Right. Uh, which is fine. I'm not going to be like, no, you have to because you said you would. But yeah, of course. Um, it's we have a list of people that are going to stream for us, and then 
that list is like 100 people and then if if only 30 people end up doing a stream it's a bit um of a different outcome that we can't really have any influence over either of course so well, it's always a bit it's all yeah always you can only tell at the end of the month well i imagine they would be very understanding and two it's it's a volatile thing anyway streaming in general is quite volatile things uh change all the time like i obviously i i was raising money for november this month but i didn't manage to stream anywhere near as much as i wanted to um because of things in life so i, I imagine they'll be like you know what here's chance like your second chance kind of thing so i'm, I'm confident because you did do a good job in my mind so if they've got issues just send them my way <laughs> thank you no it's no problem no problem I, it just makes me more motivated for next year if if i get rehired because i'm i'm a freelancer for them right mm. i'm not on their payroll i just send invoices for my hours yeah um and so if they want me to do it again next year it just makes me now more motivated to actually uh get do even bigger and better next year because i i feel like with the twitch sings thing i couldn't really focus on the november booth either right. at twitchcon where we could have done a lot more like it, it, i just i've been there's just too much going on for me personally um to and, and then i'm kind of doing everything half-assed instead of doing one thing well you know what i right. mean yeah uh, which i shouldn't have done but it, it's a it's a learning experience and i've never had a normal proper job i've just been streaming for six years there's, there's always so, room to grow like we said before yeah well. like i've never worked with excel sheets it's like what is so, this um, <laughs> numbers yeah. accounting what <laughs> yeah so i it's it's definitely very um it's a it's a learning process for me as well and i'm taking on board all the feedback i'm getting and if they have critique i'm you know i am not the kind of person to take that kind of stuff personally so yeah. um so that i can grow the you know the most from something like that if i remember rightly while i was um by the booth on one of the days wasn't the founders there did you say or one of the ceos or something yeah yeah one of the original uh founders of uh of november who recently started working somewhere else i think but right. yeah he stopped by for a for a trim oh okay so like was he was he there for something else or did he just yeah happen? oh okay yeah okay. He had, he's a different charity now i can't remember the name uh I don't know, but they had a booth yeah. that wasn't in the charity plaza, but just outside of it. Oh, okay. And uh, he stopped by to say hello, and that that was really cool. I was just saying because it is really like friendly, like it's it's just a really casual place to work. Yeah. It... Like everybody's just pulling the same carriage, if that makes sense. And yeah. They're all like, we don't care if you're wearing shorts to the office, like as long as you do your job well, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and it's good to be in environments yeah. like that where where it's just yeah. chill, and everyone everyone yeah. has like the same vibe. It's nice. So um yeah, yeah, it is. With obviously you you mentioned Twitch uh, Amsterdam, you're, you're going to be uh, going at it large, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. What what's your opinion on like Twitch Europe in general? Like, are you really stoked about it? Like, did you go to Twitch Europe this year? I went to Berlin. Yeah, I've yeah. been to every TwitchCon so far. Wow. Um. But Berlin was really cool because mm. it um, the year before that in America was, I'm going to say San Jose, Yeah, I think. Yeah. And that was my worst TwitchCon experience so far uh, with all the lines. And like, it was just the convention center wasn't, was basically not big enough. And it was just too many people, too crowded, not enough fun things to do outside of the convention. Like it was just not 
my thing. Right. Um, and then Berlin was kind of like TwitchCon 1 again, okay. where it was not crowded. People knew each other. Like most people there knew each other in the partner lounge. It was just kind of like a reunion and everybody was making plans to go to things afterwards and go to dinner with each other because you actually had time to see everyone. Mm. And, you know, it was just really, it reminded me of TwitchCon 1 in San Francisco. Um, probably also because the organization was a little bit messy, right. which is probably comparable or co comparable. How do you say that? You can okay. compare it to yeah. <laughs> the first TwitchCon. But yeah, I really enjoyed the smaller scale. And um, I love Berlin anyway. So. With Amsterdam, then, is in comparison to, say, uh, Berlin, is there any improvements that you'd hope they would make? Do you hope they keep it small? Or obviously they, they won't keep it small, but do you wish they would? Or Well, the thing is they planned it at a very busy weekend for Amsterdam. Right. Uh, because Formula One is in, is in town the same weekend and the Eurovision Song Contest. Wow. Okay. So um, Amsterdam's just going to be one giant yeah. pie, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, like, the cabs are going to be crazy, uh, even though, you know, you can ride your bike or public transport's re really good in Amsterdam. So hmm. I'm not too worried about that. But the hotels, and I feel like a lot of people can't make it because everything's so expensive. Because the hotels are, most of the hotels were already booked when they announced TwitchCon. Wow. Okay. With it for being a tourist one. destination, yeah, and that as well. Yeah, for all of the other events, they were already announced. So um, I feel like when TwitchCon was announced, there were only like two or three hotels that weren't like 500 euros a night. Wow, um, that's, that's very interesting so that they it, didn't yeah. look into that beforehand. Yeah, I feel like, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they don't have any Dutch people working there anymore. That's true. Like, obviously, for <laughs> the Berlin... Uh, TwitchCon, I think the total staff was like four people or something like that. Three. Three people. Well, that would explain a lot. There was also... Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I like, think they're going to do better this time. Hopefully so, because I, I, I did have concerns, because there, there was part of me that really, really wanted to be behind TwitchCon uh, Berlin, because it was going to be in Europe. And like, I, I even as a, a tech enthusiast, as... Um, a gamer, a person, a geek, a dork, whatever pigeonhole you want to put me in. I always tend to be what's known as an early adopter. So like VR, I got on the first HTC Vives as soon as it came out. There was a convention here in Nottingham. I went to that. It was awful, but I went to it because I wanted more of it kind of thing. And I wanted <laughs> to be very much the same with TwitchCon Berlin. So it, it took me quite a bit by surprise to find that there was so few people organizing at that time around. Because I've, I've done conferences for work and things like that where um, I, I've had to like help organize it help organize presentations and stuff like that and then go on stage and stuff for 300 people and there was more people in my team than there was for the entirety yeah. of setting up TwitchCon EU so I was just when like how to TwitchCon EU no because in the end one I had some issues with finances at the time and two I, I just I didn't think it was going to be worth it because a lot of the people that were no, going to go ended so up good. bailing out this year, I want to really, really try and go. But again, I've got, there's potentially other things that may clash with it, which I won't know about yeah. until probably next month, unfortunately. I've, I mean, Amsterdam, I might be a little bit biased, but I've, I've seen most, uh, I, I travel a lot and, because, uh, you know, you know, I've traveled a lot. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how to explain that, <laughs> but I've seen a lot of cities in Europe and 
even the more I travel, the more I love Amsterdam. It's just probably my favorite city in Europe next to Antwerp and Barcelona and then Berlin. I know um, a lot of people that have so been to nice. Amsterdam and they all say it's really dope. It's so cool. Like even if it's just to see Amsterdam, it's mm. worth it. Um, but yeah, it's it, all the Airbnbs are gone. The hotels are gone. It's just um, they didn't really think that one through, I think. But, you know, I live half an hour away. Um, I booked a hotel, though, because my last train back home goes at 1230 at night. <laughs> and I don't want to leave the party that early because here bars open till five. That would kill me. <laughs> that would absolutely well, kill we, me. In in California, what? when they close at two, I'm like, what do you mean you close at two? I'm British. I should be here until six in the morning. What are you talking about? So yeah, that, oh, that wait, but in London, bars close at two as well. I I do they? Pretty sure they do. Yeah, one and two a.m. Yeah. I swear because here people long. go to the bar at like twelve thirty, and then you party till five a.m. five thirty. To be fair, I've only been in London once, which was in Camden. And there was a lot of alcohol, so I can't remember when we left. Oh, it was late. <laughs> but in Nottingham, I, I, I literally go out until like six in the morning. Uh, or oh. I used to. Not so much anymore. Um, but yeah, because <laughs> uh, a lot of the time I would be in uh, bars with Lynx Aria, my friend. Um, I think you know. Do you know Lynx? Maybe if I see them. Fair. Well, um, we, we have a habit of going to bars, particularly in the evenings and during the day. And all the time <laughs> so it's just a case of going <laughs> okay let's go Damn to a british bar. people <laughs> but she's a canadian actually so oh, but, um, i feel like your like british culture is very alcohol based in a lot of ways like binge culture is is definitely yeah. a thing um the weekends yeah. are dangerous to be around for a non-drinker i would say um, yeah really this i'm so i don't drink and mm. um the most complained about thing in amsterdam is british tourists on stag parties oh yeah absolutely like stag parties be it like not even just stag parties just uh hindus as well or um, yeah they're always loud parties. they're always drunk and they're doing a lot of laughing gas and stuff like that right now like yeah it's just it's stupid basically football hooligan <laughs> kind of thing it just goes crazy yeah. like if you have loud people walking around amsterdam it's probably british oh most certainly like when you watch holiday shows and stuff like that and they'd be like oh yeah they've got they went to ibiza and it's just like like just drunk british guys shouting just shouting perpetually <laughs> walking up to the camera just going all right sweet up there and it's like oh my god why do you have to represent us everywhere <laughs> kind of thing. yep well us dutchies are like just be normal that's crazy enough man <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just be chill chill man yeah. i think we're just so i think i really like being dutch i really enjoy it hmm. i'm proud of it when you go to, like, say, the States, and like, other than the States, you, you said you've obviously traveled quite a lot. Where else have you been? Honestly, I have, I have not been to any non-Western countries except right. for Mexico. Okay. Um, and Turkey, if you count Turkey as non-Western. Yeah, I would um, say so. But, um, so I've never been to, like, Asia or Africa or anything like that. But right. um, I've traveled most of Europe, and then I've been to... Boston, New York, Austin, uh, Dallas. Uh, let me think. Been to California, so San Francisco, LA, mm. San Diego. Um, so that's a lot for somebody from Europe, I think, to be in, yeah. in America. 
but yeah, I, I really enjoy traveling alone. I love, I just like being, it makes me feel free. And you, you, you always talk to people on the way. Do you notice much of like a culture shock? Like say, for, for example, when you go to the States, because obviously me being British, I'm fairly used <laughs> to like Europe as a whole, but even British is like, all the UK is, is very different to say Western Europe. Um, and then when I go to the States, I'm just like, there's, there's certain things where I'm like, wow, <laughs> that would never happen yeah. in the UK, be it something good or something yeah. bad. Do you, do you have like similar experiences? Well, first of all, tipping. Yeah. Uh, we don't do that. Like, um, we so, do a bit here, but it tends to be at restaurants and it's not so much because the waitresses need it or anything. If, if anything, like my, my, uh, my friend used to work in an office and she left her office job to go back to waitressing because it was so lucrative because she made so much more money. Whereas obviously in really? the States, yeah, yeah. Like she hated working in the office because the tips but you, that you get in like uh, restaurants and stuff tend to be pretty big and the, the whole like salary thing here in the UK, like minimum wage is pretty reasonable. Um, like even in like service roles, whereas obviously in the States you get paid pittance in comparison to what you'd get paid for the same job in the UK when it comes to that kind yeah, of Yeah, because we don't, I, I work at a bar, but I'm, I, I make like um, 10 something. So let's say 11 euros yeah. an hour. And then my tips are usually like on average one or two euros an hour mm. because it's a bar. Like people aren't ordering food people aren't ordering drinks and it's just you know it's not a big it's just not a big thing here the yeah. only way i tip is if my food was exceptionally great and the waiter is cute that's when i tip that's fair that's fair like <laughs> I, I always do um if in the uk um, when it's a big meal if there's a bunch of us um even if the service was mediocre because i understand how like crazy it is but as i said otherwise you know it's not really something that you see over here in europe in the states yeah like I was prepared for it because I had friends who were like tip everything ever kind of thing. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, but I did that, and then I tried to tip my bus driver in New York, and then my friend was like, uh, you don't tip like bus drivers. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. I was sorry, I'm Dutch. My whole week was just, I'm sorry, I'm Dutch. And <laughs> like, the more I travel to America, the happier I am to not live there. Right. Um, okay. Because there's so many things that I don't. It's that I don't like. Right. Um, and it's just the, the way people uh, think food is such like there it's there's so much waste. If right. that makes sense. They're, yeah. I feel like the portions are so big that either half of it gets thrown away, or people take it home and then throw away the rest of it at home, or eat the rest of it. I don't know. It's just weird. The portions are weird. Mm. I. I ordered soup and I got a bucket full of soup. Like, I, who's who's gonna eat all that? Right, it's unnecessary. And then it, it's just silly to me that people treat. And now it's getting better with all the health craze and like you know the keto things and mm. all the organic food stuff and all the avocados. I don't know. <laughs> all the avocados Everyone's, so many it seems avocados like all the Americans everywhere. love avocados <laughs> maybe that's just california but they all seem like obsessed with avocado i don't know why but um but yeah i feel like it's getting better but definitely i feel like um the respect that we have for things to keep you alive like mm. food and drinks and um all of that um is a lot higher here right 
I think. Um, even higher in, in Asian countries like Japan and, and stuff, they are very respectful towards um, what they're eating. But I feel like, um, yeah, the food thing is a big is a big part. The tipping is a big part. Um, also, people don't say what they mean, which is also, I know, a very Dutch thing because British people don't say what they mean either. Uh, but like Dutch people specifically get perceived as rude a lot (laughs) like i just say something in a way that's so direct that people aren't used to it yeah instead of like hey would you maybe um stop doing that or something i would just say like stop it right (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just there's no other that's what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say stop it so why not just like ain't nobody got time for that (laughs) yeah it's like hi would you you stop poking me in the face if if you wouldn't mind yeah as opposed to can you pack that in you get kind of thing yeah it's like stop doing that period and or it's the same with like being in a bar or flirting or whatever i just kind of be i'm just i'm like you're cute like (laughs) it's like (laughs) i just gotta say sure come on (laughs) yeah it's like hey can i have your number like (laughs) i don't know i just say what i mean always and (laughs) Um, even if it takes me a while to get there, I always say what I mean. And I feel like that's a very big difference, uh, not specifically with with Europe and America, but specifically with, with Dutch people. Mm. We are just so taught that you can be blunt and upfront and people will appreciate it uh, because you know you know what, you, uh, what well, somebody's thinking. value is to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's funny... Like you say that obviously they they tend not to be say let's not as honest with what they're trying to say because when i yeah. go to the states i always notice how incredibly polite people are and yeah same for britain though the thing is like people would remark oh like the british are so polite and i'm like are we <laughs> like i know we we say our you know our pleases and thank yous and stuff like that and depending on obviously where you go to britain there's the whole accent thing and we sound you know usually quite charming in in some way or quite polite but i wouldn't say that we were actually polite we sound polite whereas in the states it's always like oh how are you doing mom um thank you sir and stuff like that like no one says sir or mom here in the uk anymore that died in like the 80s kind of thing so it always yeah. it always takes me back when people are like oh you're so polite and i'm like am i are you sure yeah, and, <laughs> kind of and like um chivalry as well hmm. i noticed that a lot of american guys hold open the door for you or like pull your seat back before you sit down or you know like that's a i feel like i just feel so weird when people do that to me because i hate it when people call me sir to be fair when someone's like oh here you go i love when people in england (laughs) they say love or darling or sweetheart and i'm like oh (laughs) he called me sweetheart but he really you know that's just the thing like oh do you what do you want to drink love or something and i'm like Mm. oh he said love that, like, that's... It's just because I'm so used to what you say is what you mean mm. that when people say, hello, darling, I'm like, oh, it's so sweet. Right. And it, it, they just, it's just a thing that they say. Uh, but yeah, when, when guys do a lot of chivalrous things, I, it get, I get very uncomfortable because we don't, that's not our culture. Right. So when somebody offers, like going Dutch, like <laughs> when a guy offers to pay for dinner, I instantly think, what do you want from me? Right. Like you call me poor, what are you doing? (laughs) 
yeah like when a guy holds a door open for me or like make sure i go through the door first before him or something right. i'm like what do you want from me why are you sucking up to me because right. <laughs> it's just not a part of how we are uh raised or, yeah like treating each other here i mean it's almost crazy how different cultures can be even in like you know 2019 soon 2020 you're literally an hour's ferry ride away from me and yet there is that huge difference in culture yeah I, I feel like a lot of people people appreciate uh the the dutch culture a lot when they visit I, because yeah you, you're just not used to knowing how somebody feels about you all the time and it's very nice yeah, <laughs> it's 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 nice refreshing. to know what somebody actually thinks yeah mm. Yeah, I, I I want to go to uh, to Holland one day. I've got a couple of friends who are there, and here's something. There's like, a train now, isn't there? I maybe sure. <laughs> like, so there's a three hour train from London to Amsterdam. Oh, that might be worth looking into, um, especially yeah. if uh, if I can go to TwitchCon. Um, Europe, yeah, that would definitely be worth looking into. Because um, I was saying to uh, in the last episode of Let's Talk with Kerry, um, how. I already commute big distances in order to go to uh, airports to go to like TwitchCon, for example. Like I will get a coach that's four hours to Manchester or London. Jesus! Beforehand, it saves me so much money though because I was I was explaining to that's her that crazy. But our country is two hours wide. You have to remember that. Yeah, like exactly. In four hours, I could be almost in Paris. Yeah, so like a three-hour train is going to be nothing to me. So I'm definitely going to have to look into that. So thank you for that's that. That's crazy because because for me I live quite far from Amsterdam and that's thirty five minutes by train. See, I I wish <laughs> that's London four cities away, Brian. Away. <laughs> that's four cities away. Okay, our our country is very tiny and flat, incredibly flat, and very flat. Very flat. <laughs> there is no very mountains. Very flat. There is no hills. There's nothing because it's all um. How do you say that? We say one ground. Um, like it's it used to be the bottom of the ocean. Right. Uh, so I live ten minutes from the beach, but my house is three meters below sea level. Right. Okay. So global <laughs> warming kind of could be the end of Holland one yep. day. <laughs> That's fair yeah, enough. definitely. Well, yeah. Hopefully, you don't get sunk into the sea. Um. But. Well, thanks. That's very nice of you to say. I know you're just being polite because you're British, but you know. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it's just because I want to hear your dope new tracks, and I can be like, "Yo, I'm OG. I heard this first <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> With like from sit- Rapture, like the Bioshock City, I'm just sitting here like <laughs> making music. <laughs> um, so for our listeners, um, where can we find you? Well, it's um pornhub.com slash <laughs> uh no <laughs> uh, twitch.tv slash Seananina, although I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I haven't streamed really I mean I've streamed here and there but not really since the end of june um a mental health break after six years um, right. but I'm, I'm starting again soon so um literally all my social media my instagram my twitter everything is shananina which is s-h-a-n-n-a-n-i-n-a fantastic see i can spell i, can know spell. I believed in you I, I had faith in all these qualities <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so so very much for coming on to the show today um I this really is so much fun it. it's it's good thank you for I, having me no it's my pleasure like as soon as i um started coming up with ideas for this podcast um 
I was like, okay, I want to get different people on. I could, I've got another guest soon that's not even associated with Twitch whatsoever. You have other guests? I have How many guests, you? hopefully. I hopefully. thought we had something special. Yes, I was, I've was. i made an entire podcast just for you, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> but no, I do really appreciate you coming on because I really wanted to talk about the whole music side of things and like um, where, where you come from as someone who is involved quite a lot in music. So it was it was really interesting to not just, just talk about Twitch and things and that side of things. So yeah, it was, I agree because I always just talk about Twitch and it's just the same old, same old at some point. Yeah, it's, it's nice just to have a, a dope conversation. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, so thank you for, for giving me your valuable time today. It's been absolutely hilarious. Uh, everyone listening, do <laughs> please go and follow Shanna. She is an absolute sweetheart. And um, yeah, stick around uh, for the next episode. Otherwise, all have a good and beautiful evening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.